It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply. Go listen to Spurs Cast, episode 655. My name is Paul Garcia, and I am your host here on the Spurs Cast. Today, I'll be joined by Project Spurs writer Benjamin Bornstein. With the Spurs going into the draft with three first-round picks, Ben and I will discuss some players projected to be drafted in the first round this summer. Let's jump right into this episode. Ben, how are you doing? I am fantastic, sir. How are you? I'm, I'm, I'm actually doing well. I, had, I hadn't been doing well this week. For some reason, I had some, some weird like viral infection and illness in my stomach, so I'm kind of actually getting through that. So uh, Spurs guess is you're going to see me drinking Gatorade, and that's the reason why normally I drink water. But yeah, so that's also – yeah, so anyway, so I'm doing better, though. I'm, I'm actually Electrolytes, doing baby. Yes, electrolytes are definitely helping in this situation. So, uh, so Spurscast listeners, as y'all know, Colin Reed uh, last week and, and I both spoke about you know the cap situation and you know just those initial projections of what the Spurs are going to have in salary cap space. But now we're going to bring Ben in this week, uh, who's who's one of our draft experts at Project Spurs. And I just want to again, the draft is still about a month. I mean, yeah, the draft's about a month away. Uh, the lottery hasn't even taken place yet. But I just want to kind of get Ben's initial thoughts on some of these prospects and kind of where they're they're falling right now. These players uh, in, in different mock drafts. So as as, a, as we are as we're talking about this discussion, I will be projecting some of these names. Uh, I will also be showing some of the some of the players on different uh, draft mock boards uh, during the during this episode. So again, the Spurs cast is now a video presentation as well. So of course you can still listen to it online. I mean, um, on audio, but then of course it is a video uh, presentation over on YouTube at our Project Spurs Network page. All right, Devan, let's get right into this uh, first topic. Nice. This is question one. What if the Spurs get lucky? So here we go. So what if the Spurs have their best luck of the day? What if on on, on lottery night, they end up getting the best pick, number one overall, where they have a four and a half, uh, 4.5% chance? Uh, the, the the top four players right now, um, there's no consensus for number one. It's either, in most ch- uh, mocks, it's either Jabari Smith, 6'10 player out of Auburn, or Chet Holmgren, um, seven foot seven footer out of Gonzaga. Those are the two players who, on almost every mock, it's they're they're number one somewhere. There's the, you know when you average it out, they're actually number two. Then of course three and four are number three is Paolo Banchero on most on most mocks, six ten player out of Duke, and then number four is Jaden Ivy, six four out of Purdue. Let's first focus on this first question, Ben. What if the Spurs strike gold and they get the number one overall pick? Who should they take? And you know, just what are your thoughts there? I mean. If you're the Spurs at this point, you've you're already playing with house money, having won the top pick. I say swing for the fences and get Chet Holmgren. That's a he's he's a guy you, you got to be patient with. He probably needs a year or two. He may end up playing in Austin for much of the year, despite being a number one pick. But seven feet tall can give you can give you quite a bit on offense. Is going to be a good defender, so Jakob Pertl will not be the only guy protecting the rim on defense uh you you i don't know if the spurs would but you could maybe play them together just to experiment see how fun those lineups would be just because you have two seven footers in there and one of them can actually give you some offense rather than you need to make sure you have four other wings or or perimeter players out there to counteract Jakob being incapable of stretching the defense but for me if i'm picking at number one Chet Holmgren, swing for the fences. 
Okay, so now let's let's play a, a different scenario. Let's say the Spurs get the second pick and Chet's already gone. Who do they go next? Who who should they take with the second pick? I think the second pick should actually be Paolo Bancaro. Okay. I think he is the safest of these three or four guys. He is his ceiling might not be as high as the other guys potentially, but his floor is also going to be a lot higher. Uh, so it's it's a much safer pick to me. I like everything Paolo Bancaro does. He moves really well at 6'10". He's 250. He has an NBA body. You don't really have to work too much on that. And you know maybe you have to work on the foot quickness a little bit, but for the most part, he's a guy who can step out. He shoots. You've you got to work with him on defense a little bit, but this guy's going to be a very good offensive player, and you could definitely play him with Pirtle at the same time. Okay, and then um, you know, let's just say they get the third pick. Holmgren's gone. Uh, Paolo's gone. Should it, is it Jabari Smith in that case? It's it's Jabari Smith. The the okay. Spurs have to hold off on on drafting a guard if they can help it, unless there is just a dude at number nine. Or well, they wouldn't have number nine in this case. So yeah, you know that to me, this is no slight of Jaden Ivey. He is a phenomenal player, and he deserves to be picked in the top four of this draft. But if you're the Spurs, you have to hold off as long as you can just because you you don't really want to get a shooting guard at four or at three. You're ideally there's one who falls to you. Maybe maybe you get him at the ninth pick. Personally, I'm not a fan of that. I don't I, I think there's value to be had at the twentieth or twenty nine or twenty fifth pick rather. Um and potentially even with their second round pick in the mid, what is it the mid thirties? Yeah, thirty eighth, I believe. Mm-hmm. All right, thirties, late thirties. So there's still value even to be had there at shooting guard or some sort of combo guard. So, I if if they get the fourth pick, which I know you're going to ask me, yeah, <laughs> they get the fourth pick and the other three guys are off the board. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're if you're, the, if you're the Spurs, you're pretty much pigeonholed into taking Jaden Ivy, which oh okay is. Not the worst thing that can happen, but you'd you'd rather if you get four. If you're the Spurs and you get the fourth pick, mm-hmm. I think you have to trade it. You you package oh. it with the twentieth, twenty fifth pick potentially. You get you move down in this draft, and then you get a future first in the next draft. Something along those lines. I think the Spurs should consider if they get the fourth pick, which again. There, there's a twenty percent chance of that happening. Sorry, twenty point yeah. three. Yeah, <laughs> take a thought. Specific twenty point three percent chance of that happening. So basically, one in five chance. You know, if you're the Spurs, just hope that doesn't happen. If you're gonna, if you're gonna move up in this draft, hope you move into the top three and avoid the fourth pick. Okay, so that was actually my my question, and you just answered it. So you're more in favor of them trading back, uh, uh, or like trading to to another draft, right? Right? If they end up with four, and it's only Jaden Ivy there, instead of being forced to take take him at that spot, right? Yes. So. Although I will say this, full disclaimer: playing Jaden Ivy and Dejounte Murray next to each other would be incredibly fun to watch because when Jaden Ivy gets downhill in transition. He will dunk on you and have absolutely no regard for human life. It is amazing to watch. Okay, so so I, I guess this this leans into my next question. Let's again, we're still focused on this first scenario of what if they get lucky because there is a chance, like you said, a four point five percent chance of number one or a twenty point three percent chance of top four. So if they were to get somebody like a, a Smith, Holmgren, or Banchero, 
does this change their offseason approach? Like, do certain ver- veteran players right now on the team that we expect to come back, do they, are they like more likely to get traded? Is there like any kind of adjustments to the roster like as far if as how they, they're going to start building for next year? If they get one of the big men, mm-hmm. if, in those top three, if they get one of those big men, I yeah. think Zach Collins has just become incredibly expendable. Mm-hmm. And with the way his contract works out, it would save the Spurs some money, I believe. Because uh, when does he become guaranteed? Uh, not to, I, we just talked about it last week. I just completely lost my. Uh, I just lost my, my my train of thought. I think it's like mid June. I'll have to look it up as we're speaking. But okay, yeah, we had, we had so just talked about it last week. He he becomes guaranteed at some point. Mm-hmm. I think it's seven million. Yeah, seven point three. Mm-hmm. Seven point three. So even at a number three pick, what's what's the max there? Around five million. Per yeah, year? Somewhere there. yeah, five, yeah, five to five to like six million. So you're essentially there. saving two ish million dollars a year doing that. And you basically gave Zach Collins a workout or a tryout for other mm-hmm. teams. And you can say, Hey, we'll, we're willing to trade this guy or we'll do, we'll release him, whatever. And somebody will take him. You can, if you're the Spurs, you can save money there. You're already going to have plenty of money in the cap space. I'm sure as you discussed last week. So there are opportunities. Yes. If one of the big men gets taken, somebody becomes expendable. I would say most likely Zach Collins, maybe Jock Landale, but I have a feeling that the Spurs would prefer to keep Jock Landale because one, he's incredibly cheap. And two, I think they like the prospect of possibly developing him as well. Okay. So, um, so, so you, you made a great point there um, earlier. So I think it was about your comment about Chet. So do you think that again, they take one of these, they get one of these top, these, uh, these, these big three guys, uh, 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 Chet, um, Jabari Smith, or Paolo Banchero. Do you think they um, the, either of those players automatically starts at the four to start next season? Because that, I mean, that was one of the big issues that we talked about a, a few weeks ago. Was rebounding was one of the biggest teams' um, yes. uh, deficits this year. And all these guys, six ten, seven footers. This is this is perfect, especially the fact that they're so those so, a lot of them are so athletic and kind of just move around and do different things. Uh, diversity yes, first I would I would say of those three, Jabari Smith might be the weakest rebounder or the the least mm-hmm. willing of the rebounders, I guess. Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is because on offense, he doesn't get a lot of offensive rebounds because he likes to stay outside and shoot a lot rather than yeah. get inside and work in the post. Whereas Bancaro and Chet do that often, although Holmgren will play out on the perimeter a little more than Bancaro will. Um, but I, I don't know if they start right away. It's tough to say. I okay. would I would say that they're, they're going to experiment with them in summer league and see how they look in summer league. Mm-hmm. If, if Chet or Palo or Jabari just come out and they just look ready, yeah, they, they look, they look like they can help this team immediately. I think they'll certainly. I think the Spurs and Greg Popovich will certainly try one of them starting next to Jakob Pertl. And frankly, I'd love to watch that because then we get to bring back two towers. Um, and you know, when twenty twenty three comes around, that's going to be the anniversary of Lord of the Rings: The Two Towers. So. <laughs> You know, you're you're winning on multiple fronts here. You get to recreate Duncan and Robinson, and you get to have all of the Lord of the Rings memes. I mean, this is we're talking about social media memory gold here. The the stuff of Spurs social media team dreams. So there's there's no losing, man. <laughs> so so yeah, those are just again. So so Ben's takeaway here is that if these Spurs get lucky and they get one of those top three picks um, in, in the lottery. They should definitely take whoever's there, right? whether it's, it's Chet, Palo, or Jabari Smith. But if, if they get fourth, 
then maybe it looks a little bit more open to to trading down instead of just taking the best player or trading for a future pick, you know, instead of taking the best player, it, which would which would be a Jaden Ivy in that case. All right, Ben, let's go to our second topic. And this is, unfortunately, this is not a fun one. Uh, this is what happens at the Spurs end of just getting ninth, you know, just like they're projected to do right now uh, in the lottery. That's how we always say the ninth slot, the ninth spot for them right now. So again, I'm going to go through some, some players who are kind of ending up on different mocks um, at certain positions again. Um, I know you're not going to like, like some of these players uh, where they're at right now on here because they're guards. Like you just mentioned a while ago, you know, you don't want to see any guards with the Spurs taking at the ninth pick. But this is kind of what some mocks have. So let's first begin um, uh, with the, the players who are kind of um, uh, they, they pop up several times on mocks at ninth. And this the first player is Johnny Davis, six, five uh, a guard out of, out of Wisconsin. Then another player who pops up on different mocks at ninth is a Jalen Duran, six, eleven big out of Memphis. These player, these next um, uh, two players are what I'm calling one mock mentions. Means that one of the mocks that I've attracted, they, they mentioned these. They, they mentioned this player at ninth. Uh, the first player is Ty Ty Washington, six three guard out of Kentucky. He's mocked to go fifteenth though. Uh, and then Usman uh, Jang, a six nine player uh, who plays with the New Zealand Breakers, uh, he's mocked to go twentieth. So it's a late first round, but but this mock um, one mock had him in ninth. And then lastly, these players aren't to be mocked. Uh, I mean, get drafted by the Spurs. Uh, on these mocks, but they just, their average comes out right at ninth. And that's ben- Benedict Mathurin, 6'6 out of Arizona. And then AJ Griffin, 6'6 out of Duke. Uh, so I guess what, what are your, what are your, um, your, just your, your initial thoughts on, on, you know, any of these players, who would you prefer if they're there? And then, and then if, if you don't like any of these players, who would you prefer the Spurs take at night? I hate all of your players, Paul. Deal with it. <laughs> it's no. not my players. It's the oh, mock yeah. players. <laughs> <laughs> no, those, um, uh... Let me get started on your one mock mentions first of all. Ty Ty Washington at nine is way too high. He's a six three point guard, and that's just not a position that the Spurs need. Completely disregard okay. that pick. I would there's reason why he is mentioned in one mock draft. Uh, as far as Johnny Davis goes, I'm skipping around now. Deal with it, people. Johnny Davis from Wisconsin. Yes, he's six five. He makes tough shots, but he is also a major volume shooter and his shot selection terrifies me in the worst kind of way. Uh, not as a defender, but as someone who might coach him, I am not a fan of the shot selection. Please, dear God, don't let me watch anymore. Um, so his his efficiency is troublesome to me, and he's not a good enough wing or shooting guard to take at nine if you're the Spurs. You're hoping somebody else takes him or you, you just got to pass. Um, with Jalen Duran, I don't hate that pick at all. I think what I really want to know is how tall is he actually, because a lot of people are claiming he's not really six eleven. He's closer to six nine, which would I know it's two inches, but that changes a lot of things. You can't really have a six nine center running around, no matter how athletic he is. I still refuse to believe that Dwight Howard is six nine. I'm pretty sure somebody is lying, but. Jalen Dorn is kind of a Dwight Howard with without the post moves. He's not prime Dwight Howard. He's very raw still offensively. He graduated high school a year early, so he's a little younger than a lot of these other guys who are mocked around here, but a defensive monster. He has to stay out of foul trouble, and he has to stop falling for pump fakes, and he might be all right on defense because he is super athletic, can jump out of the building, and will block your shot. It doesn't matter who you are. So he's not a spacer, is what you're saying, right? He's not. A no, he is okay, not so, a spacer. But he wouldn't be a good. He probably wouldn't be a good fit next to Yaka, basically. Like no, other, he would not be players. a good fit next to Yaka. Okay. That's for sure. Uh, with Uzmang Jang, 
uh, your one mock mention, if you will. Uh, I think he's going to end up shooting up draft boards after the combine and after he does workouts. He's uh, some places haven't listed six nine, some are six ten. He's point forwardy a little bit. He has some offense. He has some nice offensive game. He's a okay defender. He's got to. He he's just got to show what he's got at the NBA level because he's playing in a in a lower league. So we're not. You, you, it's hard to compare what he's doing there to what he might do in the NBA. So I really want to see him go up against other potential NBA players at the combine and see what we see what you know the general public will be able to see from him. I want to. I want to know. Tell me. I want to know. I'm like Mark Anthony. Tell me, baby girl, because I need to know. <laughs> but uh, your other two guys mocked at ninth. They're averaging the ninth spot rather. AJ Griffin out of Duke. I like him. He's solid. He has to show he is a good shooter. He's a sniper. He's a good catch and shoot guy. Doesn't really create his own shot too much. Has a little bit of a mid range pull up game, but outside of basically a straight line drive, he's not gonna he's not gonna get to the rim on his own very much. Mm-hmm. Uh, decent cutter though. Uh, he also needs to show that he's like fully recovered from his surgeries. I think he had an ACL surgery at one point. Mm-hmm. That's why he had a slow start for Duke this season, but he really picked it up in the second half. And like that's that's the AJ Griffin people want to see more often. So I'm curious to see how he plays at the combine as well. And I'm going to end up saying that for everybody because the combine, yeah. all those measurements will tell us what we're really looking at with more context. And they'll be playing against a bunch of guys they wouldn't have otherwise played against in potentially only one year of college. Uh, Benedict Matherin. I am convinced he's taller than 6'6". Mm-hmm. I don't know why. He just looks taller than 6'6". It might be because he's just a long dude. But I really like him. He is super athletic. He is a bit of a gunner at times. Uh, still a good shooter from three. But he he goes... It's He had a really weird season with Arizona, I thought. Because there were times when I thought, Benedict Matherin, you need to go out and you need to hunt your shot because your bigs are failing you right now. Go out and get your own shot. And he was too passive. And then there were times where he was doing exactly that, but his bigs were playing well and everybody else on the team was playing well. And it's like, you don't need to go out hunting your own shot right now. Just like read the room, man, read the floor. So some so shot selection, decision-making, a bit of a question mark. Uh, but those are, those are my initial thoughts on those guys. Um, I, I guess I had two comments real quick. Um, just on the side here, I guess you're very right, Ben, about the combine. I remember Josh Primo was a player who we started seeing his name start shooting up draft boards initially after after the uh, after the combine. That was a big thing. And then I will note, as far as the height, um, on all these players, this is I, I did check just last night when I prepped these notes that uh, this is what the NBA put as far as when they they did their their list of early entry candidates. So again, uh, I don't think they, I don't think until we get to like the combine time is when we get the actual yeah. heights of all the play, of all the players. So I'm, so I'm inclined to say that those heights came from the schools rather than the NBA doing anything. Yeah. So so exactly. Yeah, I think it's more so what the agent or or the t- or the schools yeah turned into the NBA or the teams you know uh, uh, regarding those players. So again, um, you know that that's exactly. I mean that, that's just what I what I where I've gotten those heights from. And then I guess Ben, my question to you would be um. I know that I showed those those players on the last screen. Are there any other players that you would prefer the Spurs take at ninth if they have that pick, and rather than any of those players? Ooh, there's. And I know I have some players here on the screen, but you don't have to say from these players, whoever's whoever's. These are just players that. Uh, there, there is one guy I would like at nine. I think would be a nice fit, and that's. 
where did his name go? I just had it. It's uh, Jeremy Sohan out of Baylor. He's okay. He is incredibly raw on offense, and I think he's one of those guys who just recently started playing basketball. So you're going to have he's another guy you'd have to be patient with. But I think he's a good fit because he can play three through five on defense, and he can be a little bit of a small ball five if you really want to try that. Um, his shooting is going to scare off a lot of people, but his mechanics aren't bad. His his stroke isn't bad. It's just he was inconsistent throughout the year. His role changed on Baylor. They had, a, despite being a very good team, Baylor had kind of a weird year. They had injuries here and there. There there are guys who missed who they they missed for long periods of time too, like double digit games missed. So players' roles were changing throughout the season, and I think Jeremy Sohan's numbers kind of reflect that. He was he start, I think he started off on the bench at one point and pretty much outplayed Kendall Brown, who everybody else thought would be the lottery pick. And, and now Sohan's being heralded as as the Baylor guy who's probably going to be the lottery pick. So their their roles changed and the perceptions of them also changed. Um, what did I like? Because I, I looked because you know I was looking at you know not the players who are in the mocks, but as, as you can see here on the screen, I'm, I'm looking to like players like the, that, again like more at the four like players who I think can play the four. Can he do that? Can he play like the four for the Spurs and and be next to Jakob or or would they not fit together? He can he can space a little bit. He's a good driver. He can cut. Uh, the 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 shooting is going to be a problem. He's not going to be able to space from the three point line. I think his mid range game is going to be okay, but he's. I think he could play with Jakob Pertl, but mm-hmm. I would actually be more interested in seeing him play as the five in a small ball lineup. Okay, okay, that's interesting. Uh, and then what about this guy? Again, he's not mentioned, but again, I'm just looking at more so players in this range uh, who are mentioned. Mark Williams. What kind of player is he? Yes, Mark Williams. Mark Williams is a guy I like very much. Another Duke player, like AJ Griffin. Um, nine just might be a little too high for him. Okay, yeah. Otherwise, I like him. He's he's a really good defensive player. He is seven feet tall, and his he has a major wingspan. He has a plus wingspan, and he's a really good athlete. He can jump. He gets up. He's explosive. His issue is going to be he's got to put on weight. Um, he is not really a floor spacer. He his free throw shooting percentage is promising, though. I think he shot in the low seventies as a seven footer. So that should that that should translate to the next level. He's that's still something to work on. He's not going to be a three point shooter right away. So you potentially you I don't think you right now you probably can't really play him next to Pirtle. Okay, you, you're basically going to have two defensive bigs and. Mark Williams is good, but I don't know if he's going to be quick enough to guard some of those faster fours and fives, or or at least the fours and maybe some of the threes. So, so what is your preferred, uh, uh, I guess, choice that the Spurs make if they went if they get ninth? You know, do they take Jalen Duran? Do they take Jeremy Sohan? Who? What would your your choice be? Or or would it be a, a winger guard? Right, right now, honestly, not even having seen a whole lot of him but uh one of one of our own evan townsend is kind of hyping me up on him uh uzbek jang okay interesting yeah um, I mean, he's yeah. i think he's a guy who's mocked like 15 and later usually on average i should say but again i just think at the combine he's going to show something uh, i think he's going to start rocketing up boards 
And, you know, we can't put put past players who are supposed to go a little bit later because of what the Spurs just did with Josh Primo. Again, they, they took a player who on our board didn't have until to go into second round, and he ended up being, you know, in there in, in the lottery. And so, yeah, so, so, so yeah, like, and, and James only right now, and I'm looking at our, at our positioning, we have him at the 20th on, on our on our, um, on our average mock here. So, so again, that, that's that's some interesting thoughts from, from Ben there. Again, that's if the Spurs uh, end up uh, with, the, with the ninth pick there. Um, in the lottery. All right. So now, Ben, we're going to quickly take a, a short break and take a, and hear a word from our sponsors. The NBA playoffs mean next level basketball. Get in on the first round action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets instantly. You win no matter what. All DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet during the first round with same game parlays. Combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. Plus, place a same game parlay each day with three or more legs and get up to $25 in free bets back if one leg doesn't hit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game during the first round of the playoffs and get $150 in free bets instantly. That's promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, let's go ahead and move right back in here uh, to discussing, you know, what, what should the Spurs do with their with their draft picks in the first round? Again, it's an early discussion. Ben and I will have this discussion again later on as, as we get closer to knowing exactly what lottery uh, pick the Spurs will have. The third topic, Ben, is, uh, you know, that 20th pick that the Spurs have that they're getting from, uh, who is it, from Toronto? Yeah, Toronto. The 25th is from Boston. So anyway, they're getting this pick for, in that tr- from that trade with Toronto. Uh, let's first begin with players, kind of like we did in that in that first slide about the uh, about about nine. Basically, I want to make sure that the those of you that are watching on YouTube can see this. Let me go ahead and project it for you all. So let's first look at players who kind of pop up at twentieth multiple times on different mocks. Uh, the first player is Jaden Hardy, six three uh, guard out of the G League uh, Ignite team. The next player is Kennedy Chandler, six uh, another six foot guard out of Tennessee, <laughs> mock to go twenty six. So, so again, uh, some some players have twentieth, but then twenty six. Who are the the one mock mentions? This is uh, the first player, EJ Liddell, six seven uh, player out of Ohio State. He's he's mocked to go twenty second. Uh, Marjon Bochamp, six seven out of the G League Ignite, uh, mocked to go twenty third. And then Wendell Moore Jr., six five um, out of Duke, uh, he's mocked to go thirtieth. Who are those again? The one, one mock mentions. Who's again? Uh, is just kind of right there at twentieth. Uh, again, Jang is right there at twentieth. His, his mock average, who we've discussed already. Then you have Kendall Brown, um, 6'8 out of Baylor. Uh, I guess, Ben, go ahead. Uh, you know, what are your thoughts on these players? And then if you don't like any of these players, you know, who, who would you prefer this first take at 20? Well, having said that, I want Uzbek Jang at nine. Uh, he's not an option here for us. But um, just talking about Kendall Brown briefly, I don't feel comfortable with him at 20 anymore. He is going to be a project. He he has had a roller coaster of a season. I mean, there were games where he looked absolutely amazing, like super athlete, just gets up above the rim. It was explosive, but not a consistent shooter. Kind of knew that, and so his volume reflects that. Great in transition, but just I just don't feel comfortable with making him with picking him at twenty. So he is off my board there. Okay. Uh, a guy 
there are a couple of the, the one mock mention guys are actually the guys I really like. So I'll talk about Jaden Hardy and Kennedy Chandler real quick. Uh, Kennedy Chandler, the Spurs don't need a six foot point guard. They just don't. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are teams that could use one, but the Spurs are not one of them. They have a six five point guard. They like him very much, and he is quite a good player. He mm-hmm. is an all star player. Their backups are going to be fine. Trey Jones is coming into his own. He had he was second in the league in assist to turnover ratio. I think mm-hmm. they're fine at point guard. So Kennedy Chandler, not for me. Uh, Jaden Hardy, for the for for the sole reason that the Spurs are pretty set at point guard. You could argue they need a wing here or there. I, yeah. I'm on board with that, but Jaden Hardy is not a wing at six three. So I'm out. And for okay. that reason, I'm out. But. EJ Liddell from Ohio State, I really like him. He was a guy who has worked his butt off. He has gotten in much better shape. He used to be bigger than his 240 that he is now. Basically, every year he was at Ohio State, he was there three years. They asked him to, you know, he he went to coaches or he, he I think he tested the draft waters last season. And basically teams told him, you got to get in better shape and you have to be a better shooter. He went out and he did both of those things. He was a much better shooter this year. He was a really solid defensive player. But at 6'7", 240, his feet are not very quick. Okay. So he's going to have trouble guarding some of the perimeter guys. So that is concerning. But he could be a small ball four, and he would actually protect the rim pretty well. He, he did that for Ohio State. So I don't hate that pick, but I don't think it would be my number one option. Uh, with Wendell Moore, a superb athlete, there as well he was in a similar situation to ej liddell where he went to the nba draft list of the waters and they said hey work on these things he went out and he worked on those things and he has gotten much better at them and he should be rewarded accordingly everybody keeps talking about oh well draft the raw guy because he's young and he has upside and when you think about it wendell moore is only i think 20 years old he's not that old and he's gone out and proven that one he's going to improve his game and two he actually is a better player than what he was coming out of his freshman year, coming out of high school. So mm-hmm. to me, that's the kind of stuff that has to get rewarded. And I'm not saying the Spurs should pick him to reward him for all those things. They should still pick someone who they think fits what they're looking for. But um, I will always advocate, you know, if a guy went back and decided he wanted to play another year of college ball and he worked on all the things he needed to work on, he should be rewarded for that. Instead of people saying, Oh, well, he came out too early. He shouldn't have done that. I was like, well, you all are going to complain that, you know, he came out too late if he comes out next year. So there's no winning with you people. I hate you. But uh, Arshon Bochamp out of G League Ignite, I would, that's actually my, I think that'd be my favorite pick if he ends up dropping to 20. Um, again, this is a guy that Evan Townsend really knows much more about than I do. I have not gotten a chance to watch much G league this year, but from everything I hear, he kind of fits what the Spurs would be looking for. He's an athletic wing. I think he can shoot it a little bit and he should be able to defend two or three positions. So to me, it's, it feels like a sort of a no brainer there at 20. Okay. So, so Marjan Bochamp is that player. Uh, Ben, what are your, again, it's an early prediction. Things could change, but one thing we talked about last week was how these Spurs are going into this off season already with almost a full roster. You know, they don't have many open roster spots, especially when you throw in these three picks. So what do you, what is your early prediction with this 20th pick? Do you think this player, this, this pick is even there for the Spurs? Do you think they, they move it, that they move this pick via trade? 
some some of these picks are getting moved. Something, yeah. Some someone some pick somewhere is getting moved. I I don't know which one, and it really depends on what the Spurs are trying to do because mm-hmm. if they just want to move up further earlier in the first round than where they're already choosing, potentially at nine. Maybe you package nine and twenty, and you can keep the other two. But the other thing is, the Spurs only have so many roster spots, and again, yep. it's going to depend on what else they do if they release Zach Collins before his guarantee comes. If they if they get rid of Jason Rich- or Josh Richardson, rather, sorry, Jason Richardson. LOL. We're looking at dunk contests. <laughs> um, but yeah i just there's no way all four picks are going to be used and if they are on draft night then there's got to be a trade coming shortly after okay yeah i, I kind of agree with you there too i just again i'm not i'm not because just because of how, how colin and i laid out the roster last week there's just there's just not a lot of space you know especially right. when you have all these players with non-guarantees you have you have lonnie and free agency so uh, i agree with you i think this is a definitely a pick that, that might I'm, be I'm also willing i will go on the record i'm also willing to bet that lonnie walker walks Okay, so yeah, no, I, I mean, I think that's what I don't know if that was our decision last week too. Like that's kind of what we predict as well. Uh, Colin and I. One thing I wanted to say was uh, June twenty fourth is the date for Zach Collins is uh, non guaranteed, so they have to June decide 20. by June June twenty fourth. Yeah, right before free agency starts. I think that's uh, probably I don't I don't remember if that's right before the draft or after the draft. Uh, June twenty fourth. Um, I think it should it's like be right after. Right after, right because it's usually on the twenty fifth to twenty sixth. Yes, yeah, summer uh, league has to start pretty soon yeah, after. Yeah, like usually like around July tenth it starts or sometime around there. Um, all right, Ben, let's go to our final topic here. And this is now another first round pick the Spurs have. This is the 25th pick that they got via trade for, for, from Boston for the uh, for the trade involving Derek White earlier this year in February. So on this pick, um, there's no, let me just go get listen to that way. Those listeners are listening at home who are watching on, on, on YouTube can see here. Uh, this pick, there's not actually a consensus, like not many. It's just like basically like nobody knows what's going to happen with the 25th pick, basically, according to uh, when we look at the mocks. Nobody really has like a consensus 25th pick. Um, no no player here uh, pops up on multiple mocks at the same spot. So basically every mock has their own their own player here at 25th. So these are all, they're all one mock mentioned. So uh, Kendall Brown, who we've already discussed, uh, is the 25th as well. He's mocked to go 20th, though. Uh, here's a new player we haven't discussed. Walker Kessler, 7th of Auburn. Uh, he's, at, he's mocked to go 23rd. We have uh, we've talked about Kennedy Chandler already. Uh, here's a new player, Patrick Baldwin Jr., six nine, out of Milwaukee. He's he's mocked to go 29th. Another Christian Braun, a six six um, a player out of Kansas. He's mocked to go in the second round, 33rd. And then uh, Jalen Williams, who's uh, also six six um, out of Santa Clara. He's not he's mocked to go 44th in the second round. So again, two of these players expected to go in the second round. The others uh, all expected to go kind of in that 20 20 through like 29 range. Uh, what are your thoughts with that 25th pick, Ben, and regarding these players? Kendall Brown, we've discussed. I will leave mm-hmm. him off. Walker Kessler would be a really nice defensive big. Uh, he he has shown the propensity to potentially uh, expand his range. I'm not super confident in it because his form is funky, and he is kind of a slow, lumbering big guy, which is terrifying to me. So... Yeah, I don't really want to take the risk on a guy like that. Maybe you swing on him with the 38th pick if he falls there, but this draft could get really weird. So I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if he was taken earlier by someone, or even if if he falls to the second round. There's no surprise at all for me with that guy. Uh, Kennedy Chandler, we mentioned Patrick Baldwin Jr. is the worst of enigmas in this draft. Just I, I hate everything about this situation. So he's 6'9", 
He came out of high school as a top 10 recruit. He went to Milwaukee to play for his dad. Milwaukee was so bad that I'm pretty sure they fired his dad at the end of the season. So he definitely doesn't want to go back there. And to me, he was a guy who had an incredible amount of promise and never lived up to it. Uh, People thought he's going, he's playing in the horizon league. He's going to feast on all of these guys. They throw at him. He had an injury laden season, just, did not play well. There were times where he looked completely disengaged on the court. Uh, there was specifically against Florida when Milwaukee went to Gainesville. There were times when he had wide open looks or he could have gotten to the basket and he just didn't. He didn't care. So that is a concern for me. And I get that he was in, I mean, his teammates were Horizon League level teammates. If he had gone to a Power Five, you would assume he would have better teammates to give the ball to. He wouldn't need as much help scoring or or helping his team win games. But there is not a lot I saw from Patrick Baldwin Jr. that excites me right now or that mm-hmm. makes me feel good. So he's off my board, although he will have a ton of nicknames because of PBJ. There will be a oh, lot. Yeah. Of- <laughs> I am calling it now. Uh, Christian Brown out of Kansas had a really nice year. Excellent shooter. He's very much a catch-and-shoot guy. He could drive a little bit, but there were times when he needed to step up for Kansas and really be a scorer, and he just didn't. And, and a lot of that pressure fell on Ochai Akbaji, mm. guy I've, I've seen some people say the Spurs should get at different points in the draft, depending on what they do. But uh, Christian Brown... So something interesting I found, and I sent this to you, Paul, the the CBS Sports mock mm-hmm. draft. So Gary Parrish, I believe, who did the mock draft, yeah, Christian Brown as his forty second best prospect, but had the Spurs picking him at twenty five. So there's some sort of disconnect there. I don't completely understand it, and I disagree with it. So I'm out. I'm out on that. He's he's either not the guy who should be picked 25th, or he's not the 42nd ranked prospect, one or the other. Um, And as far as Jalen Williams goes, honestly, I have nothing on this Jalen Williams. Now, if you asked me about Jalen Williams out of Arkansas, things to say, because he's Mm -hmm. 10 and is really athletic and can guard. And I believe I know he led the SEC in charges this past year. I don't know if he led the country. I'm sure he was on like the top ten list, but very good defender. Uh, as far as Jalen Williams out of Santa Clara, I cannot help you, and I am sorry. So I have no comments on Jalen Williams. He is not a guy I would pick because I don't know anything about Jalen Williams. That is a surprise. That would be a surprise pick to me, mm-hmm. and a little terrifying because my reaction to Josh Primo getting drafted last year was not a good one because I was not prepared for that. Uh, so I would like not to have that kind of reaction again, because that was not a good look for me. But um, I know you're going to ask me about any other guys I might like at 25th, and I'm going to beat you to the punch, Paul. Go ahead. <laughs> I regret nothing. But if this guy falls to 25, I think he's a major steal. Jake LaRavia out of Wake Forest. This is oh. This is a guy that Evan Townsend, again, raves about absolutely loves him thinks he's one of the greatest things since sliced bread 
I put those words in his mouth. Don't quote him. That was me. But I really like LaRavia too after watching a lot of what he did at Wake Forest because his his running mate, Alondis Williams, got all the shine, got all the hype. But Jake LaRavia does everything. He's 6'8", he's 230, he's very well built. He's He's got an NBA player's body right now. He moves pretty well. He's a good athlete. He gets above the rim. He's a smart player. He makes good decisions. Um, I, I I made the comparison to Franz Wagner. Evan didn't like that. Um, wasn't quite as high as I am, but they're, they're similar in that they both shoot well from three, but they're low-volume shooters. So you th- that's, that's probably the biggest similarity between them and um, – because Jake LaRavia had the opportunity to really show what he could do at Wake Forest. He played two years at a mid-major and then transferred up, whereas Franz Wagner started at Michigan. He only played the one year, and he went pro and, frankly, was cheated out of many votes in the Rookie of the Year voting, but that's neither here nor there. That is not a topic for this podcast, but I will rant about that at some point on Twitter because I love Franz Wagner. But LaRavia, good shooter. Cuts really well, knows the game, high basketball IQ, can get above the rim. I I think he's a phenomenal player, and if he falls to 25, the Spurs are making out like bandits on that one. Well, so the, so that one actually threw me off because you haven't, you know, I, I of course I, I pretty much uh, put all your all your prospect watches players in there, and then you threw me a name who I didn't even know. Like he wasn't. He's, so are you going to write about him in the future? Uh, yes, he is coming. Oh, cool, up. cool. Awesome, cool. So yes, first cast is whenever that we put up the project first draft board. I'll make sure to add Arabia. Ben just threw me off there because I wanted to like look up. Oh, where's this guy on on the, on the mocks? But uh, once once you once you write him up, I'll, I'll put him into the into the into the list there, and then uh, we'll see exactly where he's projected to go. Oh, um, no. And then uh, I guess you kind of answered this earlier, Ben, just because like you kind of said you do expect you know some of these picks to get moved. So I guess right if there could there, you, this twenty fifth pick could end up getting moved uh, because we just again don't know what the Spurs are going to do with all these players. We don't think they're going to take all three of these these first round picks. Yeah, there's. I just I don't think they're using all three of these first mm-hmm. round picks. They're definitely not using all four of their picks. Um, I would, I would guess they use one. I think if they're going to, ah, it's tough. It it really depends on what they do. Because if they if they trade to go lower in this draft and then to get into a future draft, mm-hmm. I think that only takes two picks, but I, or actually I think that takes three picks, but I think if they just want to move up to top four in this draft, I think it'll take two picks and potentially a player. Okay. So you see, I mean, I'm with you there. I just feel like, yeah, I don't think they're going to take all three of these players in the first round or use all three of these picks. Should I say in the first round, just because like we talked about last week, uh, the the roster is just pretty much almost crunched up already. There's just too many players uh, entering even into into the off season with, with the roster almost full. All right, so uh, uh, don't forget to visit ProjectSpurs.com. Spurscast listeners, any off-season news that continues to come out about the Spurs, we will go, we will continue to write up. Uh, I know it's been a little quiet right now because they are in the in the off-season right now for them, uh, the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, also, like Ben just mentioned, you know he's continuing to, to keep an eye on diff- different draft prospects with his Spurs Prospect Watch series. So again, keep an eye on on that weekly from Ben. Thanks to Ben for joining me here on the Spurs Cast, uh, and also thanks to Joe Garcia for mixing and producing this episode. From all of us at Project Spurs, stay safe and have a great day.
It's lunchtime at Tim Hortons, and we're serving up a special deal just for you. Our new $5.99 lunch deal includes your choice of any lunch sandwich and a side of crunchy kettle chips. Because what's lunch without a little crunch? And the sandwich choice is all yours. Like a ham and Swiss, Chipotle chicken wrap, BLT, and more. Made to order just the way you like it. Tim Hortons' new lunch deal. Simple, delicious, and just $5.99. Now that's a good deal. Only at your neighborhood Tim's. U.S. only. Price and participation vary. Terms apply.